under the care of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When you go into church on Sunday morning, open the service folder and read that there is a baptism to be performed that morning, how do you react? Is it, great, a baptism today? Or, well, that's going to lengthen the service. And then at the appointed time, the family and the sponsors get up. They come to the font. The pastor reads the appropriate Bible passages, prayers. And then comes the baptism itself. The pastor holds the baby, pours water over it. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptism itself takes, what, 30 seconds, a minute at most, and it's over. The entire ceremony is perhaps five minutes, just like that. It's over and done. Doesn't look like very much. Baby pretty much looks the same, no different than before. The parents did smile. The congregation welcomed the child as a new member. It's a sweet action, a sentimental moment. Time to move on now. My guess is that the baptismal act very often lacks, what shall I say, the drama and the mystery of a vicarage service or caudé service. It lacks the pageantry and the ceremony, perhaps, of an Easter processional or a graduation commencement exercise. And yet, there it is. In the first question of the catechism, we address the dignity of the sacrament, the worth of it, the value of it. What is it? And the one answer, and one answer is given. It's the word. Luther draws our attention to the value and worth of this handful of water by drawing our attention to the word. Pay attention to the word, command and promise. That gives this water, this particular water, its dignity and its value. And where the word is, their faith is. Word and faith go together. Don't look only at the water. Faith sees the inseparable connection of word and water. Indeed, in a sense, you can say that the command encapsulates, grabs, seizes the water, while the promise, the triune name, provides the nucleus, the kernel, the heart of the water. It is the word that gives this particular water its eternal glory. A large catechism uses an analogy from the fourth commandment. When you look at parents, Luther observes, they don't have a lot of dignity or glory about them. Doddering people, sometimes we're embarrassed by them. And yet, because of the word, they're God's representatives. Because of the word, we honor them. Because of the word, we recognize them as God at work. Similarly here then, it's an incredible thing as to what goes on here because of the word. Catechism suggests then that we don't evaluate what God is doing based on how the action appears. Simple action, water, God can't be doing much. Instead, you evaluate the action, you evaluate what's going on by the person who's at work, who is speaking, in this case, God. 
It's almost as if you could hang on the baptismal font one of those yellow diamond signs that says, God at work. Baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Word takes hold of the water, grasps the water, seizes the water, and by means of the Word, God imprints his name upon us. He engraves his name upon our hearts. By means of his word, he scoops up the water and pours it on us. By virtue of the word, God splashes it on us and puts his name upon us. That's the dignity of the sacrament. The second question says, well, okay, what does it do? Putting God's name upon us, what does that accomplish us? Well, in brief, God claims us for himself. It's interesting to note that the Catechism does pick up on baptism as a missionary sacrament. The way the Catechism actually translates Matthew 28 is make disciples of all the heathen, all the pagans. In this way, it captures the idea that the nations are those outside, the, outside of Israel, outside the church. We are brought from outside in, as God claims us. But what does it do? In brief, baptism saves In the large catechism, as everyone knows, to be saved is nothing else than to be delivered from sin, death, and the devil, to enter into Christ's kingdom and to live with him forever. Hmm. Do these words by any chance ring a bell? Do by any chance do these words of baptism sound familiar? Note here that baptism does what Christ does. Baptism saves. Christ saves. The Catechism uses virtually the identical language. Jesus redeems, he rescues us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. Baptism delivers, redeems, rescues us from sin, death, and the devil. Note this is a big deal. The baptismal book, it says, wow, snatch someone out of God's kingdom? You're making Satan a lifelong enemy of that child. You're almost hanging a millstone around that child's neck by snatching it from Satan. On the other hand, Jesus redeems us in order that I may be his own, that you may be his own, that we may live under him in his kingdom in everlasting innocence, righteousness, and blessedness. And so in the large catechism, by baptism, we enter into Christ's kingdom and live with him forever. Interesting. What Christ does Baptism does. And so in the morning and evening prayers, Luther encourages us when we make the sign of the cross, not only that we say in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but instead, the language that he uses is make the sign of the cross and say under the care of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, under the protection of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, or Father, Son, Holy Spirit, watch over us. Having snatched us from Satan's kingdom, he has placed us in his kingdom, under his protection, under his care. And we confess that by saying, under the care of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Well, as you can see then, baptism is grounded in the incarnation, death, and resurrection of Christ. Indeed, I think the catechism deepens the tradition. Christ frees us from the tyranny of sin, death, and Satan. These are tyrants. They're anti-lords. They're not lords because they don't protect, they don't guide, they don't preserve us, they don't watch over us. They're tyrants because they destroy. Christ eviscerates their power, emasculates them by taking our place, by giving us his holy, precious blood, 
his innocent suffering and death. Christ emasculates their power by enduring God's wrath. He emasculates their power by restoring you and me to the Father's favor and grace. Baptism has given you and me what Christ has achieved. The promise in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit claims you and me as God's own. Return to that ceremony now. The family is gathered around the font. The pastor is holding the baby. Hang a sign on the font. God at work. Quietly, out of sight, in a very unspectacular manner. You know, if baptism is a miniature picture of the entire Christian life, it's also a miniature picture of God's way of working from creation to the resurrection. Here we have his modus operandi, his way of working. Hidden to our eyes, but visible to faith. Faith, though, must grasp the word. The word that seizes the water and the word that lies at the heart and nucleus of the water. Under the care of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.